Good morning, good day, good evening. This is DJ Sparza on Radio Sport at radiosport.online on the 4th of July 2022. This is Daily Sports News. Gaudemata Polonia Big, big success for Poland in the world of golf Adrian Merong makes history with Horizon Irish Open win Indeed, the English-speaking commentators will need to learn how to pronounce Adrian Merong's name because they continue call, to call him Merong I'm sure they will learn just as they did learn to pronounce Iga Świątek's name because she was a Sviatek, Sviatek and so on but now since she's a number one in the world they know that it's Iga Świątek I'm sure the English-speaking commentators will also learn Adrian Merong's name and to pronounce it correctly Adrian Merong made history as the first Polish winner on the DP World European Tour after producing fireworks on the back nine to win the 2022 Horizon Irish Open by three shots. Merong began the day with just a one-stroke lead um, and the tournament was played at Mount Juliet Estate. Sold out a lot, a lot of people. Uh, Merong found himself one shot behind with five holes to play after an inform Ryan Fox of New Zealand posted an eight-under par 64 to get to 17-under for the tournament. But the 29-year-old dug deep, holding lengthy birdie putts on the 15th-16 to regain the outright lead before making an eagle from something like 25 feet on the long 17th to give himself a three-shot cushion. He had a difficult position on the 13th hole uh, behind the tree, but uh, made a brilliant shot uh, around the tree, over the water, to the plane of the green, uh, which uh, was a risky shot, which uh, the, the English commentators did not like. They didn't like the choice of that shot. However, Adrian Menung knew he was one behind and he had to uh, save par on that hole. Yeah. <laughs> 
uh, he uh, safely parred the number 18, which is extremely an extremely difficult hole to claim his maiden DP World Tour crown and put his name alongside illustrious past champions such as uh, Colin Montgomery, Rory McIlroy, Sevillano, Ballesteros and Nick Faldo. So he now won the uh, Irish Open just like the legends of golf. It was a, a sensational round for Merong, um, 66, five birdies, one bogey, uh, and the tournament, uh, he finished 20 under par. Fox was alone in second place, uh, continuing his recent hot streak with a fourth a top three finish in the past six events. When he finished the round, he gave an interview uh, to an on-course on uh, um, interviewer uh, and thought that he was perhaps just one shot uh, away from uh, the playoffs. He thought that because um, he made a bogey on the last hole that would have prevented him uh, from a potential playoff. That's what he thought that the winner would have, something like uh, 18 under. He was met uh, after the round by his wife and a baby. Uh, so he was then taking care of the baby for the time that he was uh, waiting for the others to finish since uh, Fox started uh, quite a while earlier than most of the the ones who were at the top of the leaderboard. Eventually, uh, he didn't have to uh, go to the playoffs because he was just three shots behind Adrian Merring. Thurston Lawrence finished another shot back in the third on 16 under when he fired back-to-back -back 67s over the weekend. David Law, John Gatlin and Fabrizio Zanotti came joint fourth uh, to book their spots in the um, 150th uh, Open Championship at St. Andrews, which is going to be held later this month. Uh, just as a reminder, Adrian Merong has already qualified, uh, just like um, Ryan Fox uh, and um, Tristan Lawrence for the Open Championship. Uh, we cannot wait to see how Adrian Meron can perform uh, at that fantastic uh, venue at the Mecca, at the birthplace of golf. Merong made a solid start to this, uh, to his final round. He was leading by just one shot. Uh, he rolled um, from 14th feet uh, for a birdie at the second to get to 15 under. But then he produced a remarkable approach from the rough at the fourth, clearing the water and giving himself a 18-foot birdie putt, which he duly uh, converted. Then he missed uh, the green at the sixth, and then he dropped his only uh, shot on that hole, but saved par on uh, the eighth to uh, remain in a share of the lead. And then that 13, 13th hole that could have been his undoing, but uh, eventually provided uh, him a spark because thereafter a two-putt birdie from around 50 feet took Merong to 16 under uh, and a uh, late run gave uh, the Polish star work to do in his, uh, gave a run, a late run of Fox um, gave the Polish star work to do in his closing holes. He produced a brilliant birdie from 24 feet at the 15th before making it two in a row on the 16th and then a brilliant eagle putt from just off the 17th green that went in and that meant that um, Adrian Meron could breathe easily although on the last hole he still took the driver even though the English commentators English speaking commentators were advising him not to uh, they thought that he could have easily uh, taken a four iron then another four iron and then possibly up and down but even if he lost one shot uh, then he would have been safely and they wanted him to take a six out of uh, equation but um, Merong didn't listen to these uh, comments and uh, took a drive, uh, put, a, put a brilliant drive in the fairway. It was, uh, uh, this was the longest drive, something like close to 300 yards, the longest drive of the day. Uh, and then a brilliant uh, iron shot to the green, uh, two uh, putts, and uh, the win was sealed. 
Merong recorded six top 10 finishes in uh, the 2022 campaign before getting over the line in Ireland and he was pleased uh, to finally achieve uh, his dream. In an interview after uh, the win, he said, it's such a relief to be honest. I've been coming quite close a couple of times this year and to finally open the door, it's just a dream come true. That is why we practice every day. Such a relief and so happy. I'm going to keep going forward. It's another step for me and I'm excited I achieved it here in Ireland such a great history and I'm just super excited I can't describe it it was an unbelievable feeling and to hit such a good shot on the last hole I'm super proud of myself and my caddy and yeah super happy he was congratulated by um, by Jerzy Dudek, the Polish former goalkeeper who used to play for Liverpool and then was mainly a sub in Real Madrid, which made uh, him uh, a lot of time to play golf in Spain. Uh, from one Polish sporting great to another, Jerzy Dudek congratulated uh, Adrian Merong on his achievement. Um, Adrian, congratulations. He said in a video, you were waiting for that moment so many years. That's the first pole on the podium in this beautiful sport. Not on the podium, on number one spot, because uh, on the podium he was already there before. You are a legend uh, at this, of this game. We are very proud of you. Enjoy every single moment. All the best. Come on. Uh, Sunday was a day to remember for Frenchman Julien Guerrier, who secured a hole-in-one at the short 11th on his way to closing to a closing 69. Obviously, everybody is thinking what is what this is going to mean for the Polish golf. Uh, there's only just uh, another Polish golfer in the second division of European golf in the Challenge Tour, but uh, there are quite a few uh, amateurs who are playing well, including Alejandro uh, Pedritz, uh, who is at the moment studying in the US but is winning uh, Polish uh, Open Championships uh, almost every year. We'll see uh, what influence this win is going to have on Polish golf. At the moment he's alone at the top, the only uh, Polish golfer who has won the um, uh, championship in uh, DP World Tour, uh, securing 974,000 euro for the win. Daniel Avery, lone swordsman for Adrian Merong.
Avery Lorne Swordsman Ajahn Merong won his first maiden tournament at the DP World European Tour. Obviously, we're hoping this was just uh, the first of many that he may start a series of wins. Uh, one series may have started, another has ended. Um, Iga Świątek was fighting for her 38th win this season, but unfortunately she lost to Alice Corner for 6 to 6 on a Saturday after the first three games. It was 3 nothing for this Cornet uh, and uh, Świątek was broken twice already and uh, she was um, uh, hitting shots out of uh, the court for most uh, of the time. Uh, but um, uh, there were not that many people uh, at uh, that uh, number one court. The 21-year-old was fighting for the 38th win in a row. Uh, this is uh, the record in the 21st century, but uh, the fans were not really in a hurry to be on that uh, court. Um, it wasn't really a surprise that Schwantek was not playing that well. Uh, she uh, hasn't really prepared herself for playing at Wimbledon. Uh, she withdrew after winning Roland Garros from the grass tournaments. Uh, still, I'm trying to get used to grass uh, a little better. Before, that's what she said before the tournament. Uh, I want to um, treat this tournament as a new experience and uh, try to do um, as much as I can so that uh, in the following years uh, uh, it will be easier for me to play here. That's what uh, Schwiontek said before uh, Wimbledon. In the first two rounds, uh, she was playing against uh, players from the, uh, the second and third hundredth of the uh, WTA uh, ranking, and she didn't really look that well. She didn't look that good, uh, and there was a question uh, what's going to happen uh, first, uh, uh, whether or not Iga um, Świątek will get herself prepared uh, for playing on, on grass, or will there be someone who will take her down, and uh, unfortunately for her, it was Alice Cornet of experience. Uh, she's got in playing uh, in Wimbledon. Uh, Alice Cornet won something like 500 uh, matches in the uh, WTA. Uh, she was uh, only once close to the top uh, 10 uh, 13 years ago, but the best uh, um, Grand Slam result she achieved uh, uh, a few months earlier uh, uh, during the Australian Open uh, where she got to the quarterfinal being beaten then by the uh, runner-up uh, Daniel Collins. She's currently the 37 in the world ranking uh, but uh, she kept her, po kept her poise uh, during the match against Iga Świątek and in the second set even though um, Świątek uh, fought back but um uh, Corne was able to see the match through and won it. 6-4 uh, uh, in the second set. Uh, Iga Świątek asked uh, during the interview after the game uh, whether she will want to forget about this loss. Uh, she said, I'm not, I don't want to forget anything. Uh, you need to take uh, some uh, lessons uh, out of the losses. So that's what, what we're going to do. Um, but uh, she suggested that winning Wimbledon will be very difficult uh, for her. Uh, that, um, uh, but it's not really a number one priority in her life. Uh, uh, asked whether she will be able to prepare herself uh, to the London uh, tournament, uh, which uh, begins only three weeks after Roland Garros. She said that uh, uh, she was hoping to have. Uh, she hopes not to have that much time for preparation because uh, uh, she intends to be in Paris up to the very end every uh, tournament. Uh, she was also asked whether there was a mistake to resign, to give up on the um, grass tournament before Wilden. Um, Iga Świątek replied that uh, she doubts that uh, even participating in Berlin would have increased her chances for a win in uh, uh, London. My experience on grass still would have been really, really tiny. Uh, I wouldn't have learned uh, what I'm missing here. Uh, so it's the third time that Iga Świątek participated in uh, Wimbledon. Uh, a year ago, she got to the fourth round. In 2019, she was knocked down in the first. She won it uh, as a junior, but uh, the um, junior tennis is obviously something totally different than the senior one. Uh, so um, Iga Świątek is out of uh, Wimbledon. Uh, Alice Cornet has taken her down, so we dedicate her song Little Peep XXX Tentacion Falling Down. Like the rain is falling 
I feel hella shitty because it's like, yo, like if I would've known he was so cool, and it's like, yo, if I would've watched interviews sooner, bro, we were so alike. It's unfortunate because it's like, yo, when people die, that's when we like, you know? Because your remorse kind of makes you check them out. XXXTentacion falling down. A lot has been happening at Wimbledon over the weekend and on a Sunday, which is not a, a middle Sunday anymore. Nick Kyrgios beat uh, Stefanos Tsitsipas 6-7-6-4-6-3-7-6 in an ill-tempered encounter, uh, presenting really, really good tennis, which sometimes uh, gets... Uh, uh, missed. Uh, Nick Kyrgios is playing really, uh, really well. Uh, after the game, Tsitsipas called Kyrgios a bully and suggested that the tour should uh, stop his on-court antics. It's constant bullying. That's what he does. He bullies the opponents. He was probably a bully at school himself. I don't like bullies. I don't like people that put other people down. He has some good traits in his character as well, but he also has a very evil side to him. This is what Tsitsipas said. He said nothing about his behavior, which was far, far from ideal uh, on the court. After the game, um, Nick Kyrgios declared his love for Tsitsipas, but when he heard uh, Tsitsipas' comments, then Kyrgios' tone has changed. I would be pretty upset if I lost to someone two weeks in a row as well. Maybe he should figure out how to beat me a couple more times first and then get to that. Uh, throughout uh, the game, the first set, Kyrgios was clearly the better player, but Tsitsipas kept his head down and was come until the very end. Uh, something that uh, has thrown Kyrgios off was a missed call or, or a call that was, was should never have been called. Uh, Kyrgios argued with the umpire Damien Dumosis about the line calls, especially at the five all. I think it was when his ball was called out and then reinstated. But uh, in a in a replayed point, uh, Kyrgios uh, lost and then. It's, kept calling, kept coming and kept uh, talking to the, the umpire. Uh, but after uh, the second set, which uh, fell away from Tsitsipas, Tsitsipas erupted. He fired a shot into the lower section of the crowd, just below the player box, and was extremely fortunate not to hit anybody because that would have been an automatic default. Kyrgios saw that and then uh, started talking to the umpire why Tsitsipas didn't get defaulted defaulted. You can't hit a ball into the crowd and hit someone and not get defaulted. Um, obviously, he was wrong about uh, that ball hitting someone because it didn't. And then um, Kyrgios asked for a supervisor, kept talking about that incident. But that incident, I think, uh, went more into Tsitsipas' head rather than Kyrgios, because Kyrgios kept playing really, really well. And even in the second set, um, Kyrgios served an underarm serve, which Tsitsipas uh, has hit into the crowd intentionally and received a warning for that. Then he argued with the umpire, with the umpire that it wasn't intentional, which obviously he was wrong about. Then try, then Tsitsipas uh, tried to hit uh, Kyrgios twice and uh, missed him only just. And clearly, uh, Kyrgios was getting 
something in, into Tsitsipas' head, but the behavior of the Greek player was far from ideal. It was really, really unacceptable. In fact, Tsitsipas, Tsitsipas probably should have been defaulted after this type of behavior. Kyrgios is into the fourth round and he'll be playing against Brandon Nakashima uh, for a spot in his first quarterfinal since his breakout run in 2014. So we'll see uh, whether or not his uh, Nick Kyrgios good form in tennis continues. In the other part of the draw, Yannick Sinner beat yesterday um, a Spanish sensation Carlos Alcaraz and uh, this way he set up a a showdown with Novak Djokovic. Sinner plays really well on grass. Uh, first he dispatched um, John Isner, now Carlos Alcaraz. Uh, so <clears throat> this was a, a, a match between the very young generation, uh, but uh, uh, the 20-year-old Sinner came out on top beating uh, Alcaraz 6-1-6-4-6-7-6-3 this was set up um, a match uh, with uh, Djokovic who won 6-2-4-6-6-1-6-2 but looked weary at times in uh, 2 hours and uh, 37 minutes that it took to dispatch Tim van Rijthoven <clears throat> Sinner has played Djokovic once, losing in straight sets in Monte Carlo last year, but he's a different player now, even on grass. He said of prospects of playing him again, he's playing very, very good. I will try my best. That's the minimum I can do. Just enjoy every moment uh, out there. So, Yannick um, Sinner playing Dok Djokovic believe he really has got chances against uh, the Serb. In the women's tennis, uh, once Świątek is out. Angebert embraces the Wimbledon favorite tag after winning against Belgium Mertens in a thriller 7664. <clears throat> Why a thriller? Because in the first set, uh, Angebert managed to save something like four uh, set points and then uh, she was two, um, two games to love up. Uh, Mertens came back but um, couldn't take the pressure in the final uh, game and served uh, a double fault uh, to end this encounter. Uh, this was a very important match because this was the, the match of the remaining seeds in, the, uh, in this part of the draw. There are just uh, players who are ranked 266 and uh, in that uh, part of the draw. Now, Angebert uh, will be playing against the Czech uh, Boskova, uh, who said about Angebert, um, I know Ange very well, really nice girl and uh, one of the most talented on the tour. Owns is tricky to play for sure on grass with all her spins, but she can basically do anything. Many drop shots. Her game is really fun. So we're looking forward to that game. The Boskova beat Caroline Garcia 7-5-6-2. Being a, a favorite is not easy. That's what Jabez said. But I love the sport. I want to see more players from the African continent here. I want them to believe more in themselves and believe they can be here. I don't come from a rich family, so you have to really stop finding uh, excuses and go for it. She does have the um, uh, the expectations of the whole continent on her shoulders, but she's a strong woman, just like in the song by Poppy Judah, Strong Woman. I'm unstable But you take me as I am when I'm to console myself, I scare myself sometimes But you lift me up, you bring me back to life Time after time
Kopi, a Judah strong woman. It was a dramatic it was a dramatic weekend of racing and Formula One in Silverstone. Uh, on the first bend at uh, Silverstone, there was already a crash and uh, a number of cars came out flying and one of them, which was driven by the Chinese Zhou Guang, got um, on top and uh, luckily the halo device, uh, which is uh, which was introduced a while ago to Formula One, was credited as critical in saving lives at the British Grand Prix. There was a terrifying first lap crash at Silverstone. The Chinese driver, Zhou Guanyu, survived an enormous high-speed smash, and he acknowledged that the device had been key in protecting him from Injury. This this was a, a uh, incident packed race with uh, the race was uh, which was also interrupted by environmental protesters who were protesting against oil everywhere, and uh, Lewis Hamilton after the race um, expressed support for their uh, cause. Uh, the turn one it was ominous uh, for uh, these drivers. There was a multi car shunt involved. Uh, which involved Joe uh, um, Alfa Romeo, uh, which hit uh, the barriers at high speed. His car was flipped and came to a halt between the armco and the catch fencing. Uh, it would then took some time to extract the Chinese driver, uh, and uh, he was transported to hospital. But apparently, uh, there was no major injuries that he actually suffered. Uh, in that crash I'm okay, all clear, Halo saved me today thanks everyone for your kind messages he posted on Twitter uh, George Russell was also clipped by Pierre Gasly in the incident uh, which involved also Yuki Tsunoda Esteban Ocon and Alex Albon uh, and uh, the Mercedes driver then collided with Joe turning his car over causing it to hurtle at high speed upside down across the gravel chop and then George Russell was unable to continue uh, the race. The race itself was quite interesting as well. Carlos Sainz initially at the first start was overtaken by uh, Max Verstappen. Then uh, on the restart, he fought hard uh, against the Dutch uh, driver. Uh, this was a... Um, a difficult race, I think, for Max Verstappen, given all the background noise coming into this race after the uh, father of his girlfriend, um, Nelson Piquet, was accused of, us of using a racial slur against Lewis Hamilton, describing the crash between Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton, which happened last year. So there was a lot at the back of Max Verstappen's mind, and then there was a lot happening for him during that race, uh, the tire puncture, the wing of his car clipped, uh, he only could finish seventh in that race, uh, which meant uh, Carlos Sainz, uh, who was a uh, beneficiary of the uh, uh, the problems that uh, Ferrari had with uh, Charles Leclerc with exchanging his tires uh, that left uh, the, um, the, uh, the driver from Monaco on hard tires towards the end of the race. Uh, Carlos Sainz pulled away from the rest of the field and managed to win his first Grand Prix uh, in his life but uh, behind him there was a brilliant rivalry between uh, Sergio Perez, uh, Charles Leclerc and uh, Lewis Hamilton uh, Perez was clearly the fastest on the straights and was able to uh, deal with uh, Charles Leclerc but at one point uh, this um, uh, this fight between Perez and Leclerc made uh, Lewis Hamilton go into the second place and uh, showed it showed what a good driver Lewis Hamilton really is. Uh, finally, it was Sergio Perez who came out uh, on top in that uh, fight. Uh, then um, he uh, he took the uh, second place. Lewis Hamilton was able to overtake, um, not without problems, Charles Leclerc, and uh, that was the podium of the British uh, Grand Prix. Uh, so Carlos Sainz uh, won it for the first time. Uh, Sergio Perez was second uh, and Lewis Hamilton uh, third with uh, uh, Charles Leclerc uh, fourth. He was 
clearly unhappy about the strategy that uh, uh, Ferrari took that led him on hard tyres towards the end but uh, he could do nothing uh, about that and Mercedes were clearly faster uh, for Silverstone that uh, acknowledged it was acknowledged by Lewis Hamilton and then and now we have probably a three-pronged race between Ferrari Red Bull and Mercedes uh, that makes the race for the championship both in terms of the constructors and and drivers uh, and very very interesting um, now uh, Max Verstappen is still holding on to uh, number one spot uh, in the uh, drivers championships but uh, Sergio Perez is right behind him with uh, uh, Charles Leclerc and uh, um, Carlos Sainz um, not uh, far behind and Lewis Hamilton uh, George Russell of Mercedes still with some chances of uh, uh, trying to get to the top of that leaderboard this was a very eventful uh, British Grand Prix obviously we don't want to see crashes but uh, luckily Formula 1 is a much safer sport than it used to be and uh, we're happy that uh, Joe and uh, other drivers did not suffer any injuries in that horrific crash that took place on the first corner of the British Grand Prix. But the weekend belonged to Carlos Sainz, who not only took the pole position, but also managed to hold on to a win. Manolo Escobar, que viva España! flores fandanguillo y alegría nació mi España la tierra del amor solo Dios pudiera hacer tanta belleza y es imposible que puedan haber dos y todo el mundo sabe que es verdad y lloran cuando tienen que marchar por eso se oye este refrán que viva y siempre la recordará que viva España la gente canta con ardor que viva España la vida tiene otro sabor y España es la mejor en las tardes soleadas de corrida, la gente aclama al diestro con fervor. Y él saluda paseando a su cuadrilla, con esa gracia de hidalgo español. La plaza con su sol vibra allá, y empieza nuestra fiesta nacional. Por eso se oye este refrán, que Bonito es el mar Mediterráneo, su costa brava y su costa del sol. La sardana y el fandango me emociona, porque en su nota hay vida y hay calor. España siempre ha sido y será eterno paraíso sin igual. Por eso se oye este refrán. Que La vida tía 
Manolo Escobar and the song called Que Viva España. This is for Carlos Sainz, who won his first Grand Prix at Silverstone. When the best golfers in the world compete in the real competitions, like DP World Tour or PGA Tour, the former legend took a lot of money from Saudi Arabia to play an exhibition type of tournaments. And one of these tournaments was being held in Portland with all sorts of protests against the Saudi Arabia involvement about, obviously, their killing of the dissident and uh, Jamal Hashoji where um, he uh, was lured into the consulate in Istanbul and killed there. Obviously, there is um, implications of Saudi Arabia in 9-11 terrorist attacks on World Trade Center. So the the son of one of the survivors was staging a protest against that tournament in Portland. But it it took uh, pretty much didn't influence any of these players. They took a lot of money, like uh, um, Phil Mickelson accepted $200 million apparently uh, to participate in this tournament. The same for uh, Dustin Johnson. And there were some others who joined uh, in, in Portland. It was uh, Bryson DeChambeau, who obviously was jealous about all that money, so he accepted $100 million. And then he talked like a parrot during the interviews, saying that uh, all of that bad things uh, that uh, Saudi Arabia did should be forgotten, and we should concentrate all on, uh, on all of the good uh, that Saudi Arabia does. So, uh, an idiot will uh, become an idiot, uh, will stay an idiot, but uh, I guess this is just just uh, uh, being, uh, having sold himself uh, to Saudi Arabia of 100 million, so he just talks these, this nonsense. Uh, in the tournament itself, it was uh, Brandon Grace uh, who won it, uh, and uh, uh, that was a $4 million uh, prize, and um, all the commentators uh, comment as if it was the main uh, objective of the tournament, whereas everybody knows how much money they accepted for just being there. So four million um, obviously pales in relation to those two hundred million that uh, Phil Mickelson accepted, and not even playing really well during that tournament. Uh, or Dustin Johnson, who came third in the tournament. At least he is playing some golf. Brandon Grace won it, and then um, it was um, the the. Uh, Mexican player uh, Carlos Ortiz who came a a second even though uh, for the third day he came uh, as a leader but he couldn't hold on. Brandon Grace uh, made a brilliant shot uh, uh, he was holding in or chipping in uh, from outside of the uh, green and that turned uh, the screw on that win for the Live Golf Series. Now we are finding that uh, other players are going to join Uh, this uh, tour, this exhibition tour so we've got uh, uh, messages that uh, uh, Paul Casey will join the uh, Live Golf Uh, he will play at Bedminster where the next tournament is going to be hosted Bedminster also ominous uh, the uh, golf course owned by um, Donald Trump uh, and uh, not a surprise that um, it is uh, uh, there that the competition is going to be uh, placed, uh, going to be held. Uh, Donald Trump obviously uh, doesn't have problems in accepting uh, Saudi Arabia money. Paul Casey will join his uh, compatriots in the Live Golf Tour. Uh, there are some others in there. Lee Westwood, Sergio Garcia, Ian Poulter and Graham McDowell all accepted money from Saudi Arabia to whitewash uh, their, uh, their uh, image uh, in the in the uh, world so uh, this is uh, really unfortunate that these uh, uh, older golfers who probably cannot really compete anymore at the biggest tournaments now they're accepting money from Saudi Arabia to uh, take part in this circus um, but this is there is a still responsibility that comes with that type of approach. Obviously, they will have to uh, they will have to accept that responsibility. That whatever Saudi Arabia does, it will be also uh, their their fault. A big thief uh, shoulders. This is uh, how much responsibility they will need to bear.
England cricketers were hoping to continue their brilliant summer after the changes they've introduced. Uh, ben Stokes, new captain, Brendan McCallum, new uh, coach. But uh, with um, the uh, competition against India, it's gotten much more difficult. After winning three test matches against uh, the world champions New Zealand earlier this summer uh, and uh, instilling a lot of hope into the English fans' hearts, this time it is much more difficult. Cheteshwa Pujara, this is the Indian uh, player who gave up on England Indian Premier League but instead spent the early part of the summer with Sussex preparing for the test against England. And uh, in that game, which is being played a year later, because that uh, series of tests between India and England was supposed to be played last year, and it was. However, after four tests, uh, uh, there were uh, coronavirus infections uh, throughout the um, Indian camp, and uh, uh, the the uh, the game, the final game, had to be postponed after Indian uh, India led two uh, tests to one. Uh, so uh, Edgebuston was uh, is the place where uh, that fifth uh, test is now being played, uh, but uh, it is. Uh, Puhara, uh, who is holding on uh, for a potential Indian win, but certainly it will be very, very difficult for uh, uh, for England to come up with uh, with uh, with a win. Uh, they were 132 runs behind, uh, even uh, despite uh, Jimmy Bairstow's phenomenal performance, uh, brilliant century in this game as well. After the phenomenal performance against New Zealand, he continued his good performance, but. Still 132 runs behind India and then uh, the second innings for India, uh, Pujara uh, came onto the pitch and is going to stay there. Uh, so uh, the um, suddenly uh, the um, the crowd got silent. Not much was happening. Everybody is expecting a win uh, by India. Uh, and uh, Indian uh, players probably deserve that. They played really well last year. Uh, they continue to hold on and hopefully for them uh, they will win the whole series. Um, Jay Ho for the Indian uh, cricket players. Mm-hmm. 
with Jay Ho, we will conclude today's daily sports news, and today is 4th of July 2022. DJ Spatza says goodbye on Radio Sport at radiosport.online. Aja aja jinde shami aane ke talle hai Aja zari wale nile azmane ke talle hai Aja aja jinde shami aane ke talle hai Aja zari wale nile azmane ke talle hai Jinde Shami Yane Ketale Ajah Zari Vare Nile Azumane Ketale Shubhe Ghar Gham 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 G